Yeah, just like with the Marvel stuff, they went to the comic books, they went to the stories that people love, they're going to all of the Star Wars history, yep. yes. and, and bringing it in, not just making yep. up random crap. Right, right. <laughs> I, hope, and... I hope they uh, retcon the new trilogy. That's no, I... you know what's going to happen? Dave Filoni is going to explain it all through all of his series. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to he's and going to fix somehow. the new movie right. with. And then stuff. we're going to be like, oh, okay, now I can actually watch those. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean they, they. I won't. To be fair, there's a few things that I that I like the ideas of, but I could not get behind Luke. I I just can't. That Luke that we saw is just I I. You can explain it away however you want. I just I don't have to like it. And I can't like it. Hundred percent. I yeah. just. This is my. So this is my childhood, guys. Like exactly. Like the mm -hmm. the first trilogy, I love. I love, 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 love mm -hmm. the original. And they just yeah. like, the characters from that. And yeah, it's like throughout man. throughout all their character development. They're like, you I was like, yeah, Solo's, yeah, yep. On Solo's uh, smuggler again, Luke. He's a cynical old man. Yeah. Leia's there. Yeah. They didn't take the time that they needed to. That's and just it. They, they didn't have the right person in charge. They didn't have, they didn't the have right anybody in charge. In charge. <laughs> they, yeah, exactly. It was just like, here, you can all do your own part of your story. And, you know, like, mm -hmm. there wasn't, there just wasn't that coherent. I mean, play on, like, you know they need a they need a Kevin Feige yeah that, exactly because yeah. that, that's what we had with George Lucas right is he had his yeah. master plan and yeah. Disney heard or what sounded like from what I understood JJ Abrams got talked to George Lucas got kind of his idea of what he wanted to do but then George and Disney essentially said okay JJ what are you gonna do with it and then JJ went with it so they did have a, a, a an outline right. of basically how the last trilogy was gonna go but JJ couldn't do the second one so I'm guessing so this is my guess is that um, what's his name Ryan Johnson or something like that mm, yeah uh, the sec who did the second one they were like he in order to get all. him in order to get him they were like okay we want you to do this movie and he was like okay well if i'm gonna do it i want to put my own spin on it which i but don't it, have a problem with putting your spin on it but you can't you can't like try to destroy and and try to right upsurp everybody's expectations in the second to the last chapter right of a beloved <laughs> saga like you can't just just like i don't know like just decide oh we're gonna do something completely different now it, you're like it's just it doesn't fit and every mm -hmm. time we hear something or read something about the whole situation, it sounds like his version, no matter if you liked it or not, still screwed up everything because right. uh, of where he took it. Like you said, it was like second to last. And, I mean, you heard it from uh, all the actors, including, uh, what's his name, who was like looked like he was going to be a Jedi too, but ended up not being a Jedi. Oh, right. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah. Um, trying to think of his real name. I, why can't I? Think yeah, of I it? can't think of his name either. But he was—he was essentially pissed too. Obviously, you know, when he's like, "You led me to believe my character was going to be big in the series, and then I just ended up being a support character." Did Did you have you guys watched the Lego Holiday Special? Oh my god, that's hilarious! Oh, it's, that is so funny. It's great. It's and so uh, the the character you're thinking of, and I'm blanking on his name also. Um, he he's doing Jedi training with Ray. Yeah. Okay, all right. It's, 
It's so good. The nice. holiday special. I just my kids love it. We've been we've watched it oh, twice. Yeah, I guess they've been asking to watch it. it again. Definitely been wanting to watch that thing. Oh, it's it's worth it. It's it's just fun. It's just you don't take it seriously. Yep. Just go in yep. and just be like, this is just gonna be fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. Kind of like if they ever get around to releasing that detour show. Uh, oh yeah. Was supposed to be from a few years back that uh, just kind of got shelved. Yeah. And Disney bought a. That I forgot about the detour thing. Yeah. It's like gone in existence. Well, I don't know if anybody else is joining, but um, I mean, you guys hinted at it already. But basically, obviously, welcome to the dinner table. And tonight we're going to be talking about the main dish, which is board games, uh, but also talking about our um, retro rewind that we've been playing. And actually, I'm going to say we're going to continue to play because I will have more time to play myself. Uh, <laughs> Super Mario 3 coming up uh, after Christmas because I'll be I'll have some time off of work. So I'm hoping to play in that a little bit. Plus, it was a, sh a little bit shorter time since the last dinner table was the you know, Black Friday. And as this came up pretty quick, it felt like. so. And, and we didn't announce the this game until, you know, a couple weeks in. So I'm going to give it more time so we don't have to think of a new uh, game to play. But uh, I wanted to know what you guys were feeling uh, on Super Mario 3, if you've been playing it. How many's been playing it? Raise your hand. <laughs> Anybody who's listening, you can't see. It was two out of the four of us. <laughs> Half of us here have been playing. So I'll go first because I think I have the least amount of comments. Okay, go for so, it. All right. So I grew up on uh, Genesis and 64, and I played a little bit of NES and a little bit of SNES, but not a lot. So I've not really played, you know, more than, you know, I don't know, 30 minutes of Super Mario 3. Okay. Uh, for this week so I, I did load it up and i'm on just uh world two i think i'm really glad for the um load points yes. save point load points so i'm trash at uh platformers <laughs> and in real life i have a fear of falling so that doesn't help on any level where you can fall it just gives me anxiety so right. but uh i i am enjoying it and i intend to keep on playing it so it's it's pretty fun i like you can see the um design changes and kind of the progress from one to two to three because I, I have played the others a little bit but just how they've expanded the world more i think is interesting how they add in the mini games and you it uh just shows how their their game design process has advanced and like uh, gotten better even though it's still on a an nes um they've really yeah made progress in not just you just don't have like a single linear system you have choices and paths you can choose to defeat one level or skip another and so i guess you see that that even more so once they get to the super uh super mario world cool but so far i like it i'm not great <laughs> it get makes me a little stressed <laughs> but it's still fun <laughs> well, before, before we go further real quick i wanted to mention too that since this is i think your first time being on the on the dinner table at the dinner table miss maker uh yeah. Why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners, and since we're recording this, anybody who's listening, they may not be familiar with your voice. So, Elliot, okay, welcome to the table. Well, thanks. <laughs> Good to be here. I was uh, I've wanted to be on before, but the a topic and uh, timing hasn't lined up until now, so this is perfect. Nice. Um, 
I think I've been uh, listening to the the Nintendo Dads. I think just a little before the Switch came out, so for several years now. Um, nice. And that's about the time I became a dad, so it was kind of good timing. Uh, I guess it was, it was before that. I have a I have three kids, six and four, and almost two. So okay, uh, not a lot of sleep, <laughs> but <laughs> right. It's, it's fun, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. I have three kids myself, so I understand. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, I yeah started on Genesis and N sixty four, and then always had a Nintendo console. You know, got GameCube on day one. Uh, kind of dropped off for the Wii. I was uh, in college at the time, and we actually uh, stayed at a GameStop outside. We we uh, stayed up all night outside of GameStop to get. Wii's, me and my uh, roommates played Risk out in front, out on the sidewalk. <laughs> so, going back to board games. Yes, nice. Uh, uh, so, but then, you know, Wii, Wii U, Switch. I've never actually, the only thing I've not really gotten into with Nintendo is the Game Boy stuff. Never had a Game Boy of any kind, thought about it. Really kind of fell out of video games during college, aside from just playing whatever the roommates had. Um, right. But... After after college, and then when the Wii U came out, I started getting into it more. And then once the Switch came out, I've been addicted. <laughs> yeah, that could so. be. That's a good system to be addicted to, <laughs> especially yeah. with all the. If you haven't been playing for a while, video games on any platform, there's a lot of games that have been you know reissued mm-hmm. on the Switch. So that's really cool. Yeah. Well, glad to have you at the dinner table, Elliot. Thanks for joining. Thanks. Anybody who's listening, who again, Elliot is mess maker in the Discord, so. Make sure you shout out to him when you, next time you talk to him. Um, and Sh- Shannon, yeah. uh, you've been on a couple times, but um, because we've been trying different things, I haven't been able to re- introduce people, the voices to uh, the things. So Spider Shan, why don't you go ahead and uh, get a little introduction about yourself too, if you don't mind. All right. Uh, so yeah. Um, as far as Nintendo goes, I have been Nintendo fan uh since the original nes came out um i my first memory of nintendo was being um going over to cousin's house to um swim in their pool and was in their basement supposed to uh use the room to get changed and saw <laughs> nintendo sitting there hooked up to their tv i see where and, this is going <laughs> yep i never made it out to the pool that day i was like what is this <laughs> And they're like, oh, you know, and they had, they had uh, Mario and they had Zelda, so Mario Brothers and Zelda, and I um, started playing Zelda, and I just was like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Blew your little um, mind because up it, it, <laughs> it did. Yeah, everything else, you know, because before that, I, I mean, I played Atari and stuff like that, but this was like a whole new level, and. Yeah. Uh, and so I became obsessed with it and asked my parents, just, I need this. I need this for Christmas. I need this for Christmas. And um, <laughs> I, you know, we had no money growing up, but yeah. my parents did it. They made it work. They went in with like my, I think my grandparents, my great grandparents. Oh, yeah. I think like they all chipped in. Um, and uh, my birthday is right after Christmas. So it was a, it was like one of those years where I didn't mind a combined gift. Right. Um, and open that thing up, and I, I mean, I still have vivid memories of that. So I've been a Nintendo fanboy, whatever you want to say, ever since. Um, I've owned every cons- console, um, 
so yeah just have never never put nintendo down since then um i just mentioned a little bit ago that uh it was this summer that um you know i i listened to kind of a variety of podcasts i was like why do i not listen to more nintendo podcasts i think i was doing like nintendo voice uh chat and uh Oh, yeah, NBC, and I was yep. like, you know, yeah, yeah, NBC, and I was just like, you know, uh, I love Nintendo. It's one of my, you know, favorite fandoms, uh, along with Star Wars and Marvel. Why That's am I awesome? Why am I not listening to more podcasts? So, <laughs> right. Uh, then I discovered Nintendo Dads, and I think it was the fastest I've ever, um, like, wanted to uh, do, um, you know, Patreon, okay, like with anything. Um, cause it's just like, Oh, I just, I was like, yes, these are my people, you know? And so, um, I do have a, so I have a couple kids, um, who are, uh, nine and 12. Yeah. So we stopped at two before they could outnumber us. Right. So those are three. Smart. I, Very smart. I'm like, wow, you guys, that that's amazing. <laughs> uh, they, they outnumber you then. Um, so yeah, we have two boy and a girl and they both, you know, are really, enjoying you know the nintendo stuff themselves my daughter has really jumped in with animal crossing has really been that game um along with the like lego city undercover of all games oh okay yeah that Um, is a good one so yep she's been she's been begging for a a 3ds or 2ds ever since and so she's getting that for christmas so awesome that's awesome nice yep so uh you you raised your hand. You're one of the people that have been playing recently Super Mario. Yes. Three. What, what's your thoughts on it so far? If you haven't beat it already, but just just overall thoughts on it. Yeah, I mean I've been playing Super Mario Bros. Three since it came out. Um, I remember playing playing all nighters with my best friend uh, who lived down the road from me growing up, and um, I so I when we when we did it, I pulled it out. I played through it probably once or twice a year anyway um and so i pulled it out and i quickly used warp whistles and just beat it in one sitting um <laughs> nice and uh and then i was like all right now i gotta enjoy it so now i'm doing a 100 percent level playthrough um and so right now i'm in i think level or world five about halfway through world five um i think um it's it's a muscle memory thing like i i still can you know unlock every you know coin airship and okay um, you know get the white to get the white mushroom houses and all this stuff that you know i don't even really think about it that's like the only way i know how to beat those levels you know just from doing it so many times um (laughs) so and i and i'm not traditionally great at platformers either uh but um but for whatever reason this one is so ingrained from doing it so often that the muscle memory just kicks right in um and uh so yeah it's awesome. just i i just i love this game it's my favorite uh super mario brothers game hands Sweet. down well thanks for sharing that andrew it's you and i we have not been playing recently but i'm sure we've been playing plenty before so andrew uh if anybody's not familiar with your voice already you've been on a few times but you also have your own podcast called the nintendo pals um but uh What's your thoughts on... Well, introduce yourself first, just for anybody who knew who's listening, or if yeah, I didn't I give you the chance before. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, and uh, and then talk, talk a little bit about uh, 
you know your family if you if you want to share anything there and then let's talk a little bit about our our history with uh mario. super mario 3 yeah so i am andrew aka andros on discord social medias and stuff um i have been listening to nintendo dads basically since covid hit so <laughs> drove me to listen to more podcasts while working and uh I mean, that doesn't sound like that long ago, but that was actually like, what? Beginning of the year, essentially, right? Yeah. April. Okay. April um, and yeah, joined in the Discord. Super awesome community over there. And just got, it's, it's been fun to, to be a Nintendo dad. <laughs> I'm a huge, I've been a huge Nintendo nerd. I grew up on the SNES Um and had pretty much every handheld. The only console generation I skipped was GameCube. For some reason, my parents didn't buy us that one. Um, but when the Wii came out, they were like, this is a healthy system, so we got that one. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're playing bowling, sitting down like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and yeah, I'm just a huge, huge Nintendo nerd. Uh, love Zelda, love Mario. I think I played every Mario game. Um, Except for maybe some of those obscure, like Mario learns to type. To type. Um, those are the best ones. What the heck, man? I know. No. I know. <laughs> Mario is missing. Mario is missing. Yeah. Mario Paint. Mario Odyssey. Mario. You just add a word to the end of Mario and you've got a game somewhere in this yes. series. Um, yeah. And I am the proud father of two kiddos. I've got a three-year-old and one-year-old and uh yeah nice and my wife and i have uh been raising them on nintendo <laughs> that's what a nintendo dad does right <laughs> yeah so my, my son actually he's way into mario right now so we've been playing a lot of mario maker together nice just fun that's the way to do it yep um yeah and then i guess yeah, like I said, I, I grew up on the SNES, so I'm I'm actually kind of a, a late bloomer <laughs> compared to I didn't I didn't have an NES growing up. My parents both did. Um, they were gamers when they got married, hence why we had the SNES. And uh, so I didn't get to play a lot of these classics, and I'm, I'm glad that they've re-released so many times. Like I played a ton of the original Mario Bros. Um, not as much for mario bros 3 which it it still kind of blows my mind that that's the same system like right i think that the original mario bros and super mario bros 3 are the same on the same console right so what what growth they had in developing that between the two because they've i mean just so many enhancements graphically and gameplay wise that you're like it it almost feels like it should be on a different system yeah like like it's it should be on some in between NES and SNES. Right, I agree. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, my my similar my sis my ugh, my experience is similar. Where um, I my gaming system that we had at home though was a fifty two hundred Atari fifty two hundred, uh, and that's what I grew up playing with first. And when the Nintendo came out, my parents felt burned by the whole gaming crash 
of you know the early 80s so they were like no way we're not buying another system we we were all in on the atari 5200 and then look where that got us you know <laughs> in fact my dad was still all in on 5200 because he would go to garage sales finding people who were selling their 5200s and their games and so we had like we had multiple 5200 systems so we had a backup of a backup of 5200 <laughs> in case it crashed or anything and then we had multiple games and then if we had extras we gave it to my grandparents because they actually had the 5200 first and then we got it for christmas i think from them um, awesome. so i had i had 5200 games up the wazoo in fact i think star raiders was my favorite on that system just to you know throw that out there nice. uh because it was the closest i could get to playing a star wars game you know so um but uh my friends had a Nintendo, so my experience was, you know, if I spent the night at their house or hung out with them, we would play some, you know, Nintendo games and obviously the Super Mario's or the, the pro wrestling, you know, game and all that kind of stuff. Whatever type of multiplayer we could get our hands on, it was usually those type of things. Or it was, a, you know, we took turns on levels type of thing. But I wanted, I still wanted a Nintendo because I was, I, I thought it was awesome whenever I saw it in the store, I'd play it whenever i could uh but I, th there was no way my parents were getting me one but then i knew that okay in 1990 summer 1990 or actually the summer of 19 no summer 1990 i got my first job and i started making money and the, the super nintendo was coming out and i said i'm saving my money to buy my own system so that's when i got into my first Nintendo system was a Super Nintendo. So, being that, with that man, I'm said, such a, I'm such a youngin, man. <laughs> born. With that said, though, it's uh, hey, look, Jesse's joining us too. So as soon as he gets on here, but uh, hey, Jesse. Um, with that said, oh, we're talking just a little bit about our uh, time with Super Mario World. Uh, excuse me, Super Mario Brothers Three. So, uh, everybody's going around the horn. I'm just talking about. I'm leading up to how I started playing Super Mario 3. I got Super Mario Brothers 3 on Super Mario All-Stars for the Super Nintendo because I didn't have a Nintendo, but I was I had a Super Nintendo and got it for the All-Stars and I played it there. But I didn't beat it there. I didn't beat Super Mario 3 until I got it for the Game Boy with the e-reader. And I think we talked about this at some, either sometime on Dinner Show or on Nintendo Dads, but I got the e-reader. And that's when I beat the game because I had the cards and I got extra things, extra, uh, you know, power ups or whatever with the cards and the extra stuff that came with it. And it, it was a blast. I had a, a lot of fun with that game and it is one of my favorite Super Mario's on there. It doesn't beat Super Mario World for me, probably because of nostalgia. Nostalgia is hard to beat because uh, Super Mario World was the first Super, Super Mario game I built, uh, beat, excuse me. Um, not built. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> was, that was the first Super Mario game I beat, so that's probably why it probably won't beat that in as far as that goes on my top games. But it's up there. Um, and I have, uh, exact, I have the exact same, uh, the exact same. I yeah, Super Mario. Super Mario was like the first one I beat and played and beat and all that. So, okay. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, and that's so my experience with Super Mario Brothers Three is there and played a lot on the Game Boy Advance uh, and then beat it there, um, and then only touched it a little bit whenever it's you know arc, um, 
uh, virtual console when it came out there got it there played a little bit but i didn't beat it again for me beating games again is rare if i beat a game once i usually that's it i leave it there for memories and you know nostalgia and i'm like hey that's great i'm not the type of person who goes back and rebeats a game a lot so that might be why I have a little trouble with Retro Rewind, even though I host it. <laughs> it's trying to go back to games I might have beat. Um, but I do like playing it, you know, just to kind of like, oh, yeah, I love this game and stuff like that. And then I'll put it down and, you know, go on to yeah. the next thing. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about having, you know, beat nine Dragon Quest games this year. No, <laughs> not nine, but right. seven, seven of them. It may have something so to do, awesome. too, is like there's with limited time I have, I try to spend it on something new. So it's harder for me to go back to something. If And, and only one of two of those seven were first time beats, yeah. 11 and three, everything else is, I've is at least my second a few times. Through. Right. <laughs> I would, I, I would love to do that for Mario. Like just do a play through every go through and Mario. Yeah. Yeah. I figured I that... tried to do that a couple years ago, but, uh, I ran out of, I just, yeah, it is hard to, to juggle, especially when all the newer games keep coming out too. And there's and so many new games do. I want to play. Yes. I know. I, you know, that I always, I try to always have a retro game I'm, I'm replaying and, um, and yeah, then, and then something newer and, but yeah, always trying to juggle that. Yeah. That's something I, I have to play around with to see if I can do that because I, I appreciate that people who can do that where they're like, okay, you know, I'll have one retro game I'm going to play and, you know, for a little bit here and then there'll be a new game I'm going to play and I'll play that for a little bit there. But I also like Jesse's approach to the games. It's like, I'm going to focus on one game and beat that and then move on to the next. <laughs> so, but uh, there's, but there's so many games I want to try, especially with being that we do reviews that sometimes, you know, uh, or let's play. It's like okay, I can't necessarily focus on one game. I'm gonna go try this other game because we need to do a review and then come back to it. But yeah, I just got a game that I need to probably do a let's play on this weekend. <laughs> yeah, and I got two. I got to do so. <laughs> and, and while the, you know, this thing behind me is calling. <laughs> yes. The the PS5. Is yes. that the? I was gonna say, is that the PS5? It is. My son's Put currently playing. Window. He's over. He's he's playing it. He's got Fortnite going. Nice. Nice. All right. Yay, Fortnite. <laughs> and... So, Jesse, in regards to Super Mario Bros. 3, have you played it before? I, I have. I, I actually, I think I have a pretty interesting story. All right, cool. Let's hear it. I first played it before it was released to North America. Oh. The local mom-and-pop video rental store uh, would, where I would go to buy to rent NES games had a few few Japanese games that had a cartridge adapter so you could still stick, put them into an NES and play them even though they're Famicom games. So they had the Famicom okay. version of Mario 3. That's cool. So I rented that probably three or four times over several months and eventually did to the point where I beat it. But because it was in Japanese, I didn't get the joke at the end. <laughs> I didn't know they gave me a joke at the end. You're just like, oh, I beat it. That's cool. <laughs> right. And then so when, when it like came out in North America, I did, I bought it and played it through again and then saw, oh, that was the ending. Okay. You saw, oh, wow, I missed the whole story the first time around. It was such a deep story. <laughs> such a narrative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So, yeah. Go ahead. So I, I used, I, 
So I got to the point where I could speed run it fairly well, but you know, when but like when Super Nintendo came out, I started playing Mario World, and I really never went back to three. I might have played through it with 3D All Stars. I don't remember if I did, but I, then I bought it multiple times over virtual consoles and never got far because the you know got used to other Mario games, and then the physics is just a little bit weird with three, and it just it take it takes I couldn't click get clicked in with that game anymore. Okay, interesting. I'm a, big fan of the, I'm a big fan of the soundtrack. Well. Yes. Mario Bros. 3 has some great music. Oh, so good. Yeah, and I don't know if that's skewed in regards to playing it the first time on All-Stars and then the Game Boy version, you know, like some of the differences that were there. Like they had more 16-bit type music in the All-Stars version, right? So the music was a little bit updated. It was remastered, if you will. <laughs> well, I mean, when you think about what what the music that is in Super Mario Brothers 1 and then you look at what they were able to do so graphically but also with that sound with that um, you know yeah I mean what they were able to do for music for not just Super Mario Brothers but all those later right. Nintendo games I mean it's just it's it's pretty incredible that it's the same system yeah um well, any of the games that they've done, even on, you know, with the Nintendo and then the Super Nintendo, when they started enhancing the chips that were in the cart so that they yeah. could be better games, uh, it was quite just to, you know, just to get a game out that would blow our minds, you know, so <laughs> definitely yeah, cool. It, it came out at the very tail end of the NES's yeah. life as well. So right. it really just... They, like I like I mentioned before, they'd really gotten to the point where they were they were utilizing the hardware to its fullest, and that, I think that includes the soundtrack. Okay. I mean, when when we were playing Super Mario Brothers three, well, everybody but Jesse, when the rest of us were playing Super Mario Brothers three, <laughs> they were they were already playing Super Mario World in yes, in Japan. I mean, they the Super Nintendo was already out there, or the Super Famicom. Whoops! Wait. No, it didn't work right. I was trying to be cute, and I didn't have my audio fully set up. Well, we heard it. <laughs> we heard it. it yeah, because well, it was coming out of it was coming out of my speaker and being picked up by my mic instead of directly being piped in. Let's see I if can this I can better. get the exact level that that comes from. Like I just you know I picture the whole thing. <laughs> nice. Well, Jesse would be the man to be able to play some of that audio for us. So. I, I will say just to add this into that I I think I was I was at the exact right age for Nintendo Fever. You know, I was I was the you know, I went to the movie theater, I saw that, you know, hour and a half long commercial called The Wizard you know, for <laughs> right. Nintendo and loved every second of it and bought it when it was just re released um just recently on you know, on Blu ray. Okay. And I, I mean I unashamedly just love that movie um and you know i was i had nintendo fever i you know it is i was the exact right everything you know target audience um you know i I, i'm the kid who watched captain n you know uh, when it was the cartoon and you know collect you know worked on reading all the zelda and mario and 
Captain N in Game Boy comic, even. If you could believe that there was a Game Boy comic at one point. It actually had a storyline basically along the lines that um, there's a Game Boy and, and some kids get zapped or some this guy gets zapped and he has to save Daisy, help Mario. And it's, it's crazy that then all the characters from the Game Boy end up coming to the real world. and I mean, it's just bizarre Nintendo type stuff. And look, you now you got a soundtrack into your story there. <laughs> That's right. Perfect. So, yeah, I, I could just gush about the game for hours, so I won't. <laughs> but I, yeah, I thought I had another Mario soundtrack. This is from the, the, the soundtrack that came with the 25th anniversary Mar Super Mario All-Stars V-release. Okay. Well, I thought I had another soundtrack of it was Japanese release of Mario stuff I'm trying to find. Well, like I said, Jesse, you missed this. We're still doing... Uh... Reminds me of Mario Run. Uh, I said, I, I said, this reminds me of a... Not Mario Run. Um, Mario Chase. Oh? Nintendo Land. This is the oh, okay. I forgot about that. When you're I forgot Mario about that, too. Yep, so Jesse, just you missed the part that we're still continuing for Retro Rewind. Since uh, we got a late start on it, we're continuing to play Super Mario Bros. 3 for anybody who ends up listening to the podcast uh, to the dinner table. So we'll okay. continue to If play. I get a chance, I'll probably give it a run through again, or at least the, at least the first few worlds. You know, I have two weeks of break from... From work and apparently two weeks of break from the podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, uh, I got a lot of time on my hands, and uh, so I might I might give that a chance a run at some point. You know, I'll, I'll I'll play the uh, the the Mario All Stars version on the uh, Super Nintendo Online. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of doing too. A two week break from the podcast—that's like two four hour sessions, right? Yeah, it is. That's eight hours worth of po a podcast. That's a whole work day. <laughs> well, 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 plus all the prep time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Jesse gets Jesse That's overtime. overtime. Yeah. <laughs> for what it's worth, show and post show. For what it's worth, those of us who get to uh, to partake in in hearing it are very grateful. So. Well, I didn't know it because, was. Uh, I mean, it's. I mean, it's. It's been so great just getting to getting to be part of the community these just even in these last few months, um, and and your guys' podcast is like, you know, I, I get so excited. <laughs> Thank you very much. I, I like I've said before on the podcast, I always enjoy getting on Thursday because it's like it's to me it's the lead into the weekend. It's the end of a long work week even though it's still Thursday night and I still got one more day to get through on Friday, you know, it's still it's something to look forward to, especially if it's been a rough week, you know, and uh, it, I always appreciated it before I was even a, a Nintendo dad on the show. I appreciated it as a fan to be able to, you know, Thursday come either what, listen to it live or just got to listen to it Friday morning on the way to work, you know, and that's something I always appreciated Jesse doing is getting it out so I could listen to it Friday morning on the way yes. to work. <laughs> I do yeah, appreciate I... that because that's when I that's what I like to do too. I I just as soon as as soon as the Friday morning because it's it's always up there right away. Yep. So thank you. 
Yeah, when it, I always try to get it published before I go to sleep, and for you know, for a while before I uh, got got the, the stream deck and was able to do song and you know music in pipe, I'd have to do it all in post. So that probably took me an extra hour or an hour and a half to do. So I wasn't going to bed until three o'clock, almost four o'clock sometimes. So that, that, that saves a lot of time. So even last yesterday where we started an hour late, yeah. I was in bed a little after two, which is nice. Yes. Elliot was shaking his head. Just like, uh, well, <laughs> I mean, I do that sometimes, but not, not because editing, but we appreciate it. That's for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Makes the next day rough staying up that late. Yes, it does. Even though, even though I don't have to do any of that stuff, it's late because of Eastern time. So I I don't get to bed till about two two thirty in the morning, and and then once a month you do it again the next day. Yeah, sometimes yeah. I do it like I am not right now. So, but I actually took a nap earlier today because I actually had a headache and I was like, you know what, I better lay down so I don't have a headache during the dinner show. So otherwise, it'd be like. All right, guys. What do you guys think of Super Mario Three? All right, shut up. <laughs> now it's my turn. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> That's a classic dad, right there. <laughs> I got a headache. Yeah. I'm going now. Bye. <laughs> I gotta go take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> so, but here's something that I want. I'm gonna. I don't know if this is a good segue or not, but I just wanted to get into it, and this is the reason why I did this as the main dish about the board games, tabletop games, trading trading card games, D20 games, whatever games you guys play other than video games, I wanted to hear about it because I love all these things, but I don't get to play it as much as I'd like to, and especially the board or tabletop games. I don't have as especially as much as you guys do um, in regards to experience or what i see behind elliot there and then what you showed earlier andrew <laughs> i don't have that experience in that but again for jesse what was that all his games back there on the shelf uh andrew's showing them off behind the tree there and then i don't know if you guys can see it that that little hexagon shelf um each of those is it's a wheat a wood nice uh, uh, it's a Catanche reference nice subtle very nice and I do, I have, like, I purchased, like, the, the Switch version of Catan. Or not Catan, it's, uh, what's the other one you guys were talking about? Carcassonne? Yes. Carcassonne. Yeah, I have that on the Switch. Man, I just that's didn't play the best it there. Game. That's my favorite. Carcassonne's my favorite. And I actually bought, there's a DICE version of it, too, that I bought that I haven't had a chance to play yet. Um, but yes, anyway. I, I saw that. I need, I need to pick that up. Yeah, it's sure. like, I got it around here somewhere. But I have board games that I buy, but my family just does, isn't into it as much as I'd like to be. Like, yeah, I got. Oh no, it's the Catan dice game. That's what I got. Not the Carcassonne. Like, I get those two mm -hmm. games mixed up. Yeah, um, maybe I didn't. I'm still looking for that soundtrack that I thought I have. But apparently, I don't have it. I, I, it, it was. I'm thinking was confusing it with the Zelda one. Uh, well, I've been I've been board gaming for pretty much as long as I can remember. Um, my my mom is a huge board gamer, and my, my dad is in, into it as well. Um, but my, my mom and aunts and uncles were all really into it. And I think that's what got me into it as a kid, like where you're saying your family's not as into it, Tim. Uh, and the reason my son is oh, into yeah. board games is because that's what the grown-ups are doing. And so you think, I want to do that so I can be grown-up and cool. Yeah, that makes sense. 
Yeah, when, my family used to I, do that I a lot too. Like really young, really young. <laughs> no, that, that's what my family used to do too. Is like I would be like, I was the oldest in the family, so a lot of my cousins didn't come around until like five years later. A lot of times too. So, and then when they did come around, obviously they were super young. So, <laughs> um, so I had to keep myself entertained. And but I always noticed that the adults would either be playing card games or board games. You know, especially during the winter time here in Michigan. You know, you couldn't necessarily go outside and do anything. So, um, uh, they do that, and I wish I could play. And they'd be like, "Oh, you know, when you get older." Of course, that didn't ever happen. <laughs> but. Uh, we did play board games at home, like life, you know, just the normal, you know, games that, um, maybe everybody would know. It was like the life, Monopoly, the Monopoly and, life. you know, yeah, yeah those type the of non -real games. Non-real board game board games. <laughs> well, they were real to me, so. <laughs> it's, uh, there was actually one game that I really liked that my wife absolutely hates because of the name that's on there, and I don't want to get political, but, um, it's a game called Trump. Uh, it's actually, yeah, I actually still have it. We had that in our house when I was a kid and, uh, it's a monopoly type game. Uh, but it was very interesting because of the mechanics of having to bid on, uh, lands or bid on estates. Uh, and you did it like behind, like, um, like, a um, a cover that you could do so you could, you know, kind of, you had to bid secretly and then when it was time to reveal how much you bid, then there would be some mechanics oh, yeah. behind that to see who would win. And then it was basically whoever had the most estates and money and all that kind of stuff was the winner. I'm sure there was more to it. I just can't remember off the top of my head because it's been a long time since I played. But that's hmm. that's the most different of a game that I've ever played to date that I want to change. And again, the reason why I wanted to do this is talk with you guys about board games and get some good ideas about you know what to start with what to get and uh hopefully get my family involved as well you know so <laughs> that's really interesting the um it sounds a lot like a game that was from the 60s called acquire and it was a an, uh stock market game essentially and so you were trying to gather the you buy stocks in order to increase their value and then it has a lot of mechanics that it's, you described in that that other game okay but, and it's interesting because it's probably came after that and right. used those mechanics i'd heard of the trump game but not i don't know anything really about it yep but and i still well, have I it. think my parents might have owned that game but i never played it mm -hmm. yep. i grew up on a lot of the uh no go ahead i was gonna say say my my family had that i never saw them play it and we didn't know how to play it so i would just make up rules and make my siblings uh, <laughs> join whatever version of it i i think i tried to combine it with Mon monopoly at one point and like have the boards next to it. i i yeah <laughs> hey that's the start of making up your own games which that's right i also i actually did when i was in middle school I actually have a d20 wrestling game that my friends and i created uh because we were into wrestling of course you know and um we couldn't do the dice, so it was in class, obviously, when we could play it in class, when the teachers allowed us, like, you know, those free times you would get at the end of class, hey, you got your work done, you know, you can do whatever. We would play this this role-playing wrestling game where you basically had to pick a number because we couldn't roll dice at the time. So, but, um, yeah, that's, 
we'll get maybe that's another topic in itself you know did you ever create your own board game but <laughs> but go ahead on the other board games I, I grew up on uh, board games uh, as well. I think, I don't know how old I was, but very, from very young, dad taught us Risk. And so that was kind of our go-to family game. And, you know, a lot of, I'll say board gamers, uh, tabletop gamers that are enthusiasts, they would scoff at Risk or Monopoly. or uh, And that's maybe a challenge to not have a bad attitude towards some of those mass market games. But that's where a lot of us came from. Uh, and you gotta start somewhere. Yeah, and, and just so those classic games, and then it just expands from there. And I, for me, uh, in I think it was high school, I discovered Axis and Allies, which is also an older game, somewhat mass market, but uh, kind of the next level. Um, and so we would modify the rules of that. You could get some basic, uh, sup- not superpowers. You could get some advanced. Uh, units and so we even decided we're going to make these like super weapons and mass destroying things and add in uh, monopoly so that there's more currency and other things <laughs> my cousin and I spent weekends playing it but uh, I would say for me the uh, it wasn't until after college you know when they have a little bit more time I discovered uh, the hobby uh, table topping and uh, it's it's huge I, I was listening to the podcast from last night and you said you were wanting to get it, it was it was overwhelming, I guess. And so hopefully tonight we can fix that a little bit for you, but yes. it is because there's, there's a lot to it. I've, so I've been kind of involved a little bit in the, the hobby itself for, uh, I guess eight, nine years, something like that. It's when I really, uh, discovered some of those games. Uh, typically people find their way in through like Catan or, um, Carcassonne ticket to ride. Those are some of the, the entries that most people find their way through. I I played Catan. I'm honestly not a big fan of it, but that's it's it's still a good game. But some of the mechanics that I don't like, like it's you you can just not get anything from the dice roll. Pretty chance heavy. Yeah, it's kind of oh yeah. Heavy. And in the end, the, like the hobbyists aren't so into chance games, and I think that's why you see a lot of people scoff like Monopoly. Um, and Catan and Life, which are all very chance heavy. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a really good stepping stone, um, oh, yeah. and it, it's helped a lot of people. And now there's just so many games. The as a general rule, there's about I think four or five thousand new games come out every year, and we're kind of in a, a an upsurge over the last couple of years. I actually kind of fell into to board games first after college, and I've yeah, as I've had kids and kind of time went on, I had a hard time actually getting to play the board games. And so that's how I kind of found my way back into video games because now I could I could go online or I could, um, it was easier to actually get stuff to play. That makes sense. So you get the problem of acquisition disorder like I've got back here where you, <laughs> you see something and you watch a review and you're like, oh, it looks so much fun. And, and but you, then you don't get to really play it that much. Yeah. <laughs> and that happens with the, the switch even more so I think. right it happens <laughs> with games too so video games i should say yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. So, so what you got back there on your shelf there elliot is basically um what i see when i walk into the hobby shop that we have near us there's two of them and they they sell you know the magic the gathering and pokemon cards but they also have uh, a ton of board games 
um, like what you got back there. So, and in fact, there's another store that's in a, uh, uh, I, I don't know what kind of store you call it, but it's basically all these little, little shops that they have inside this one big place. And, you know, people sell different things like t-shirts and, uh, homemade things and all that kind of stuff. But this one person has like this gaming section of board games. And that's where I got the Catan dice game too, actually was from him. Uh, hmm. So I see them all the time and I see a bunch of cool games and it's just like, but overwhelming and because I have no clue what to look at. And that's why I was excited about potential of talking more about board games or starting that board game channel. Because I, I read everything you guys talk about all the time in that channel. So it's just like exciting to you know follow in there. But I, again, haven't found the time or the game to start my family back on on it because they we we've played them once in a while again it's the you know the family go to target and buy games you know like uh you know the monopoly and the life and uh but those take those tend to take longer and i like to look at the games that are a little bit shorter you know so because of the attention span especially the the younger kids so um but yeah and plus my wife is not a board game fan so <laughs> she likes card games, but not board games. So see, that's, that's where that's where if you're going for like the faster um, family experiences, card games are really nice for that. Okay. Um, like like that's that's what my wife and I tend to play a lot with with our son is games like Sushi Go. Played Sushi Go. Um, I'm gonna look back. Right. <laughs> um, Hanabi, which is like a fireworks matching game. Okay. That one's a fun one because you don't see your hand, you see everybody else's. Okay. It's, yeah. Um, Interesting. But those are because, because card games typically are like done like quick rounds. So it's nice for the like pick up and play. And I don't know, it's kind of like, I've got to make like a comparison to video games. It's kind of like playing like, Tetris versus playing like Dragon Quest. <laughs> like, uh, I don't like, know what you're talking about. You pick it up and play for a round instead of pick up for the long haul, like a game of Risk, which I, I thought was hilarious. Messmaker was talking about, or Elliot was talking about his dad introducing him to Risk because that's my dad's go to game, and I played that with him a ton growing up. That was like, yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, Same with my family. We had the the bad game, I guess. <laughs> wood squares and everything, you know, with the original yes. game. <laughs> yes. So that's what I learned too. But then, uh, when I got older, was um, able to partake in alcohol. My friends and I would play Risk and have you know drink while we're playing Risk and smoke a cigar while we're. <laughs> while we're playing sure, a lot of good decisions were made during that yes a lot of, <laughs> a lot of uh, uh strategies that i'm sure world leaders would love to follow <laughs> uh, yes especially later on in the game <laughs> so but yeah it was very that again very the very interesting games to play uh to i mean again i should say the store-bought games that you grew up with that everybody was playing but it's almost like a um, I don't know what you call it, but basically, well, you guys call it a hobby thing, right? So it's, you, it becomes a hobby where you're getting into these board games, but you're still involving your family in that too. Like we hear Marty when he's talking about the games he and his family play, and they and he even bought a specialized table 
for playing board games on and then covering it up for dinner time or something like that, you know, too. I don't know if you guys have any specialized tables, but <laughs> yeah, I have a, huh? I have like a 10, a 10 person table. It's huge. Okay. Um, that was like the big draw for me. I was like, want more space for nice for these big boards. Cause you know, we, we play, you, you get, uh, you play Catan, which I'm going to get berated by my co-host over oh, at Nintendo oh, Power for calling it Catan. <laughs> It's pronounced Catan. Catan, yes. By, by most, by most of the uh, elitists. No, I'm just but uh, you play with all the expansions on that, and your boards end up getting Huge. kind of big. Yeah, yeah. Huge. So, yeah. So I, I needed a big table. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I did a kick. I kickstarted some, some, uh, something called the Level Up. So it's like a raised platform that you can put on top of your existing mm -hmm. table, giving you basically, you know, extended surface area. So you can put your main board on the raised area. You have, you can have like, you know, your drinks can then fit under it. So you have more room for th to spread your, your own inventory, your cards, money, food, whatever. That. Yeah. And uh, I haven't received that yet. That should be coming soon. Man, yeah. have to post that sounds really cool. Yeah, I want some pictures of that. Yeah, well, I'll, 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 when I get it set up, when I get that set up, I'll, I'll, I'll get pictures. We gotta get some D and D yeah. going on something like that. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Another another thing that I kickstarted that again is shipping. I just don't know when I'm gonna get. Hopefully, I get it next week so it could be a Christmas present. But it's a board game called Outsmarted. It it integrates, like. You know, a board game with your traditional trivia type of game, but also uses like a phone or an iPad app, all in junction with the game. Oh. Interesting. Oh, that sounds goodness. cool. Those are so. So, fun. so did, did you play uh, um, Mansions of Madness? Never I've, heard of that I've one. I've heard of it. I've heard of it, but I haven't. I haven't oh, played it. Oh, it's Elliot. Elliot's got it. <laughs> second edition and it's part of my so shelf of shame <laughs> yeah, it's one of those i've not played but I, I've, I've opened it i've sniffed the pieces oh my goodness oh man but if i live I, I don't know where you're at if i live close to you i'd come indiana <laughs> yeah I'm a indiana far. yeah okay <laughs> but yeah that that's another one that's uh that's that's the first game i played that's uh app supported basically oh. the the app works as Kind of like a dungeon master of sorts. I am not a D and Der, so I'm gonna start getting ask me questions about that. All, <laughs> I don't know, but um, I know enough to use the terms, right? Uh, the, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so the app tells you what, like when you open a door, it'll say, "Okay, put this put this board down." Okay. Um, you've you've entered the kitchen, and and then it says, "Put this character Happy piece down and this character piece down." You can talk to them. So it it's helps you like, kind of. Like you said, be a DM essentially. It it a does all that master. for okay. you, so you so you don't have to have someone who. So you are still building a physical map, mm -hmm. being described by the app. It's That's like cool. Clue. the The game is like Clue, but very advanced Clue. If that makes sense. You're, you're working it cooperatively to solve a mystery. That sounds amazing. It's it is so fun. It's it's definitely one of my 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 top picks. Um, I, I'm not crazy about the theming. I'm not. I'm not super into Cthulhu and uh, Lovecraft stuff, and I don't think it's necessarily kid friendly. If that makes sense, like that's not one I'd play. 
with a kid under like 10 or 12 just because they've got like the creepies. Okay. I need but. something like that that's that's like fantasy based then. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm, I'm yes. with you. I'm not like, but if you had something like that that was a little more almost D&D themed, um, that, that would be like a home run for sure. So that's funny because so, I'm working that's... on a project right now and that is that is what i'm my 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 goal is to make that make a game like that <laughs> that would be awesome so you know you talked yeah, so about that's... oh go ahead okay so so there's that game it's called descent um so the like, mansions of madness is made by a company called fantasy flight uh games they're in, based out of minnesota and they are uh they have kind of a line of games you could where they use this app-supported system. Uh, so the very first one was called Descent, um, and it is a dungeon-delving action-adventure game, and, and you use the app to kind of progress the story, uh, control the AI, so that you can play cooperatively. There was a first edition that was made back in the uh, 90s, I believe, and one person had to be the dungeon master, essentially control the bad guys, do all of that. Well, with the second edition and with technology, they were able to kind of eliminate that position and allow everyone to work together. Um, and so they have uh, the Descent, which is your your dungeon fantasy, Mansions of Madness, which is your horror, Cthulhu. Yeah. Imperial Assault is um, the Star Wars, Star Wars version. One. Yeah, I did right. That. that one I've heard of. I did. I yeah. guess I missed Descent. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I'll have to look into that. Yeah. It's, I've heard it's of pretty fun. Before. And... I didn't know it was by the same. Uh, it was with that same uh, mechanic. That's awesome. I will. That's yeah, going on my one... list. <laughs> I'm like on, on my phone right now. Order, <laughs> order, order. So I, I mean, Fantasy <laughs> Flight really has hit a lot of home runs with a lot of their. You yeah. know, I mean, they, they're, you know, really brought Star Wars games kind of, you know, to to the next level. Um, you know, and they, I mean, if you have a small fortune, um, they're all, they're all really amazing. I, I was able to get into the, um, the Star Wars, uh, the, the miniatures or not the miniature, the, uh, what is it called now? X-Wing? Just go look. Yeah. The X-Wing, uh, stuff, you know, with the ships mm-hmm. and stuff. The problem is, is that I had nobody to play it with and it's an expensive hobby. <laughs> And uh, so then I just kind of let it go. But they're still, you know, putting out ships and stuff. And, I mean, they yeah. look amazing. Everything they put out is, like, high-quality, um, really good products. But you pay for them, but you, but you get a good product, um, I, I find. Yeah, so I, I see that one all the that. time in that store I was talking about, too. Uh, and it's... Man, every time I see that stuff, I'm like, oh, should I get something, you know, and mess around with it? But I'm just afraid that I'll just, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So there's some, I, even if I didn't play the game entirely, they look cool to put on your shelf, too. <laughs> you know, so. Well, that, yeah. that's what mine are doing now. They're lining the shelf. <laughs> you know, they look cool, but uh, it's just. You know, and I have, and I was guilty of that for a long time, buying games that, because they look awesome, and I want to play them, and I yes. definitely want to play them, but my kids were a little too young, weren't really into it, my wife's not really into it. Yeah, see? And so then they kind of sat there, and then it was like, all right, I kind of had to decide, <laughs> you know, do I put money towards 
games that look cool, but I hardly ever get to play. Right. Or towards video games where at least I can always play, you know. And so I kind of bounced and back and forth a few years ago. And then, you know, and I and, you know, my so I have a couple of brothers in law and a sister in law who like to board game, um, you know, so I, you know, when we were able to get together beforehand, but we don't really live by them. So now we haven't seen each other, you know, in like a year and it's, uh, oh, yeah. you know, so we haven't really had a chance to do it, but you know, they were, they get stuck on like Catan and, um, and you know, games like that where I, I'm like, oh, all right, yeah, I had fun. Let's try this, you know, and I'll, <laughs> and I'll buy, a, I'll yeah. buy, you know, like a $70 game and I'll bring it and I'll be like, yes. And then they're like, this looks complicated. Let's just right. take it on. And I'm like, oh, come on, you know. That's the, that's the part it's trying like, to get past that learning curve, right? Uh, some, yep. some of those games. Not all of them. I'm sure there's some that you can just jump right in and it's pretty easy. But it seems like, from my yeah. perspective as a noob, trying to look at these, like, am I going to have to train my family how to play these games? And is it going to take like a couple hours to train them, you know? And that's just that. And then you, you know, especially if they're, you, you have to really sell them on it beforehand. You really need a group of, of people who, who really want to, you know, that want to do this, you know, uh, for, I mean, almost like a hobby, you know, for some of those more intense games yeah. and then, you know, to, to really work the bugs out. Because the worst thing in the world is when you're trying to introduce uh, a non-board game playing, you know, person to a game. The, the worst thing you want to do is be like, all right, I spend the next hour teaching you all the rules and and intricacies. And all right, well, this is, you know, during this phase, we're going to do this. But then this next phase, we're going to do this. And, you know, and then you just get that glossy look in their eyes. You know, it's like... <laughs> Um, it's, it's, like, it's really hard. You, it's, you know, it's very you gotta have this to introducing someone new to video games. Absolutely. I Absolutely. mean, you, you can't, you the can't game? start them on something super, uh, super complex with final the, fantasy. Uh, Don't start them on final fantasy <laughs> <laughs> or dragon quest. Hey, my, fir my first role-playing <laughs> game was dragon quest one. You got our dragon warrior one. Sorry. The... You got to start somewhere. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is definitely the biggest challenge. Um, and I guess, so since I've been doing this for a while, I've been through the different phases of where I was just like really into it. I was like, oh, that looks awesome. I'm going to get that. I'll teach people to play it. And it doesn't work out because, I mean, it, it does with certain individuals because they have to want to, because you're that enthusiast that wants yep. to read the rule, rule, rule book. You want to teach it. Um, but I, I've gotten to the point now where uh, I am very selective on what games I bring and knowing my audience and the type of thing that they would want to play and would be interested in and making sure it's appropriate for having fun. Cause in the end, that's the most important thing is having, is right, having right. fun and people are engaged with each other um, and enjoying. I mean, that's the whole point of board playing board games is to sit at a table across from a friend or a family member and have fun. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. with them. There's, that makes yeah. sense with video games too, right? Deception games. You I have you, so many. <laughs> if you're playing video games with a group of people, like you got your party games, right? So you got to figure out what game party game is good for the family side of things, or you know, if it's just me and the kids, or 
the whole, you know, my wife and the kids or other family members with kids or is it a party with adults? So then, you know, what games do you do there with drinking? Yeah. Or is there drinking involved? You know, that type of thing. So <laughs> it sounds like that's you have the same type of aspect with the board games. So which leads me to my next question of obviously there's going to be games that are more geared towards families, but are there games that you could play that are geared more towards the adults that not necessarily because they're more complicated, but, or they have, um, more mature content, but is it something you would consider more adult oriented because it's a good game to get together with adults and, you know, have some drinks while you're playing and having a good time. Are there any games that go along those or it could be any board game that does that. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll, this is more of a card game. No, no it's not a card game. But it, it, it's uh, a game that kind of fit that category, uh, I think, for us. Is, you know, is I think I talked about it on the show a bit last year. It's called Secret Hitler. Okay. It's, you know, while, you know, teens could probably pick it up on it, I wouldn't go with anyone younger than probably 14 or 16 you know, otherwise, because you kind of have to have a little bit of understanding of politics in order to get it to work. But if, you, if you're not familiar with the game, kind of a really dumbed-down version of a description is an Among Us-like, but on with uh, uh, in a board game. It you're... me up that that's a way to describe a board game. <laughs> <laughs> no, I heard somebody else describing Werewolf that way. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Werewolf, okay. is, Werewolf is the original Among Us. You are either trying to not get caught by everyone else or you're trying to catch certain people. Right. So, well, the, you know, Among Us, I think, is probably the best way to describe it. Is that like the code? I picked up code name. And I think that's kind of like that too, right? Yeah. There's, yeah. there's actually uh, younger versions of Codename too. If you are wanting to get, like, uh, you know, a little younger kids involved, you know, yeah, there's a really Disney version. That. There's right? like, there's a Disney one. I think there's mm -hmm. like a Harry Potter and uh, yep. a few Marvel. other those. Marvel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just sold that one. I did pick that um, up again, but just haven't been able to play it <laughs> with anybody. <laughs> I'd say yeah. Codenames is a different genre than something it like is. Secret Hitler. Okay. Secret yeah. Hitler is more, uh, that's, that's a social deduction and deception game. Okay. Um, like Among Us. <laughs> like, like Among Us, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So, I, All right. I mean, I have, I have a bucket load of games that fall into that category. Uh, Sheriff of Nottingham is a good one. Oh, yeah. Avalon or The Resistance, mm -hmm. which... Um, werewolf, those, yeah. those kind of games. Whereas Codenames is uh, more of a word puzzle type game, and then I guess there are party party puzzle, yeah. Okay. Party puzzle. Interesting. And I think that that's a I think that's a fantastic one for um, for for uh, like a, the non picture one the the first the first edition. Regular Codenames. Code name. Yeah, regular Codenames. Code like, <laughs> All right. Adult adult party game game okay that might be <laughs> why another, i picked it up too <laughs> another adult party game that we played was the cards against humanity you know more of a card game oh, than board yes. game yes uh it's you know more just it's you know just very crude humor yes and you know some of those cards, all the time not for kids. all the time at parties some of those things i wouldn't want to play with grandma either yes it's so, a, it, yeah it's a it's an adult apples to apples is what that is yes. yeah 
I, they recently did put out a family friendly version, so it's still the, the similar same yes. gameplay. We with picked the same that up world. too. <laughs> and, and we we yeah we 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 bought that and played it with our kids, and it was okay. pretty fun. So it's just you know the same gameplay, the same type of humor. It's just not crude, no right. bad words. Okay, we actually got it, it and like we were thinking of playing. We might do this during the. Uh, one of these weekends, especially during the holiday break, but uh, we are thinking Definitely of... not, still not for younger kids because they have to know how to read. Yes. And you know, well, we have the our youngest is twelve to know what those things what mean. So the, my problem with that is there's a lot of current like things the kids would know that I wouldn't because I'm not a TikToker or Instagrammer <laughs> or all the other bullshit stuff out there. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, so I'm going to say, gonna, we're yeah. going to get our cats yeah, to play. So, we're going to try to get our cats to play. I, I've had to Google people to know what, what is on my card. <laughs> we're going to try to get our cats to play. That's what we're going to do. We're going to stick out some cards and let them choose and then go from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you really need a group of, you know, the right the right kind of audience for those games. Cause, um, you, and because sometimes you get some and you get... You you got to really know your audience. I guess know the people you're playing with, right? Because it's really it it in itself is kind of a social deduction, you know. Because you're if you know them, you know what kind of humor, you know what kind of you know you got the people who play it very safe and very straight, you know, like are very literal. And then you got people like me who are just more wacky humor and <laughs> you know, yeah, more of the yeah. dark humor. And so you got to know who's gonna pick that card too. Right, right, and, exactly. And one of our kind of house rules for that is a lot of the cards are like mine or my wife's or my spouse or my mom, you know, something like so. So, which which one is me? Is it the card player or the person judging? And our house rule was it's the judge because they don't, the judge doesn't know who played what card. That's the point. So whenever we those comes up, we said, okay, the judge is me. So that kind of make, makes for some pretty hilarious things. I think my favorite situation that showed up, the card was, officer, arrest this man. He's blank. One person played a Democrat. One person played a Republican. <laughs> In the same oh, hand. wow. <laughs> this was before the election. <laughs> So it was. It was still funny. That is funny. <laughs> so I, I'm sure the other guys can can give a lot of different uh, games. So I'll just I'll just quickly throw in here um, one game that that's a, a little different variety of a card game, which is a deck builder. Um, that I have been Ooh. successful in getting, um, including even my wife to be able to to learn and and want to play is dominion yes. um it's it's That's a very <laughs> yep it's it's such an easy to pick up game but you there are so many different cards and you can ran you it's completely random you know you can well i mean you don't have to make it random but that's what's fun about it is you can randomize which cards get used and then there's a ton of expansions yeah, I'm looking um, at it right then, now. So, yeah. <laughs> oh my it's, gosh. It's a different. Yeah, it's a very different game every time you play, and so you have to develop a strategy um, based on the cards that are part of the game that time. And so, but 
but the basic idea of the game is the same every time. And so it's easy to pick up and learn. They don't have to, you know, it, it doesn't have to be too complicated. It's, it's easy to set up. So, but it has that strategy piece in it. Okay. Um, I just, so I just even up and one of the images just looks like a whole bunch of Magic the Gathering cards spread out on the table. Well, it does. It does kind of look <laughs> yep. that way. But you, but but you, the the um, even the box has a divider part in it, and so it's so easy to pull in and out. Um, you know, it keeps everything uh, sorted, and and so you know, I have just a randomizer app on my phone. And I just, mm-hmm. you tell it what expansions you have or, or that you're playing with, but you could just buy the base set. They got something called a big any box. Expansions big and box you will, you would be, you could play forever just in the base box. Um, because it's just so. What is know, the base it, box? <laughs> Cause I'm having a hard just, time. Uh, There's a, is it Dominion second them. edition? Is that the base box? Dominion second edition. Yeah. And then there's yep. um, Dominion intrigue is another base box okay as in it yes. comes, it comes with the money and point cards the rest of them actually every single dominion can be a base set if you buy the base box yeah you oh that's right because you can buy just a box that has the like gold the currency and the um and the and the uh, point cards um but and then you can turn anything but it, it just just buying the regular dominion box will give you everything you need okay uh, to play just tons of games we 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 got um my wife's best friend and her husband they are not gamers of any kind um and they came over one time and we were playing and they were like what is this it's so like let's let's try it and they're like well we're not really gamers uh, uh, just just try it they went home and they had gotten a bunch of like uh, amazon cards for christmas or whatever they bought every single expansion every <laughs> single thing and they are like obsessed with the game right now. there <laughs> yeah exactly i was like wow um they went hardcore into it they loved it so much so that that one's a really i i definitely recommend that one they like um, i was saying they do have a a big what they call a big box two board game where it comes with the second edition and intrigue so it comes with both of them for 60 bucks yeah yep so which isn't too bad. Um, you can go like it does get a little complicated. My wife doesn't like it if we start doing the expansions that have like, you know, um, she could do potions and stuff like that in some of them. But like when it starts getting the little gold, physical gold coins and stuff like that on some of them, okay. she's like, I. She doesn't like to make it too complicated. So usually when I'm playing with her, we just we just kind of do the. Just you know, maybe the base and one or two of the other um, sets, but um, but the other nice thing about it is you can do two player, or you can do uh, you know more than that. I mean, so it it really scales nicely, um, okay. you know, to to down to two players, which you know some of the you know if you, you don't always do that. So good, uh, it definitely uh, speaks to my uh, Magic the Gathering <laughs> side of gaming <laughs> it does and that's and that's what it is it's like you know it's something that anybody can pick up though and because you don't it, it doesn't have to be expensive you, you could just have that that set and it, you know it's a different game every time because that while there may be i can't remember what the set has in it but let's say there might be 30 to 40 different 
cards you can pick from. Mm-hmm. Um, you might, but you only pick like ten, you know. And so it's it's a different game depending on the combination you play with. Okay. So it doesn't get boring in that way. Like two cents on on here. I got I, when I got married six years ago. Um, my wife was definitely not a board gamer. Didn't come from a huge board gaming family, and Dominion is what brought her into the fold. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. yes. That's. I. I mean, we play. I've got. I've got six expansions. My my mother has all of them. Wow. So she would <laughs> get awesome. them as a Christmas or whatever gift for us every single year until we were like, stop. We don't need this many. <laughs> <laughs> we want. We want new stuff. I'm kind of with Spider, Spider Shannon and. Uh, talking earlier like i want to try a new thing i'm trying i just want to try so many and okay. then i right. end up with a shelf like elliot <laughs> like my <laughs> huge shelf of games i haven't t- i i swore i was never going to have something on there that i have not opened i have a game right now that i have not yet got to play <laughs> i haven't played it once yeah yeah and this yep. sounds like a game i could possibly get my wife into because like you said she likes card games so and she used to play Magic Gathering back in the day, so. Oh, then you guys are. So, we'll see. Yeah, you guys gotta get. Oh yeah, you'll you'll love it then. I think you're. That would be gold. I think. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, you started it, uh, Shannon. Now we gotta get the other guys. What would be the one game to recommend to newbies like myself? <laughs> no, I like how he turns around, and just stares like, "Oh crap, where do I start?" So I. Well, I have... Easy answer. I, I did. I did post this in the board games channel. Um, recommended to solo something. Um, my my go to starter game um, is Carcassonne. Okay. And the reason for that is Carcassonne's rules are very simple, but the strategy can get very deep or very not deep. It's a game that I've been able to successfully teach my three year old the mechanics, so he can play. Cool. He obviously know the strategy i don't think he's won when we've played (laughs) i i work against my wife and help him win (laughs) Uh, that's our thing uh we we are we are the biggest game rivals me and my spouse (laughs) nice (laughs) where we we go at it in board games Um, (laughs) no kids come out of that one so Uh, but Carcassonne is, yeah. the The rules are very simple. It's, it, I'm, you're just matching tiles. Uh, okay. That's the the rules of the game. You got you place a tile and you're trying to match roads. Yeah, I see that. Cities. That's it. Roads, cities, grass, and it just has to match on the picture. And then you put a guy and claim whenever some one of those finishes. So if you play the end of a road, you get one point per tile that the road is attached to you put you close up a city the city walls um you get two points per city tile and um it gets it gets pretty heated because you can steal them from other players by placing yours on the road and they they have theirs on the road and you can connect in to get majority guys and take over the points and stuff but uh the rules are extremely simple, easy to learn, easy to teach, and that's why it's my that's my gateway to gaming for sure. Um, it seems very, it, like you said, it's very simple to get into and not very heavy in. Uh, I guess, I lack of a better word, in the in the 
board mechanics where you know like monopoly you got a board and you move a piece around it's more of like cards you're using pieces of a board to put together i guess yourself right <laughs> so and it's, i first played this it's, game oh. i was gonna say i first played this game in elementary school i think is when i i was first introduced to okay a, like a very early version of it and they they are the ones that invented the the meeple which oh, is that's... pretty commonplace in mm -hmm. board gaming now and so i I don't know, to oh, kind yeah. of emphasize my point, like I, I have a huge collection and games that range in complexity from like super, super complicated to like super, super simple, easy kid games. And this one remains my favorite and will, and holds like the number one spot, even with all of these. I mean, I have Gloomhaven, which is like the number one oh. game um, on uh, among like hobbyists. And <laughs> yeah, Carcassonne is still my go-to. Yeah. Elliot's Elliot's getting one at me. Do you have Gloomhaven? Elliot? So Tim, um, no. Well, I have Jaws of the Lion, Gloomhaven, the oh. newest one. So, so Gloomhaven was the original, and then uh, he came out with the Kickstarter for Frosthaven, which is still being worked on. And then last September, they or July, uh, came out with Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion, which was basically the baby version, so that you could learn it. It has like a five scenario uh -huh. learning. It has five scenarios to learn the game. And then you have like 20 more scenarios after that. And so it's, it's good. I've, I've only played the first three um, levels, but, or campaigns, um, but it is a good job. But it's very, I mean, Gloomhaven's the number one, but it's, it's not an easy game to get into by any means. I'm gonna I'm gonna so. go grab it real quick so I can show you guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. This you should. A, this is a 22 pound box. <laughs> it's, like, just, it's huge. Nice. Like, oh, it's you get a workout with it. It's not cheap either. <laughs> so so I have interesting stories on Gloomhaven. Um, so the designer, his name's Isaac Childers. He actually lives in my town, and okay. he rents the house of someone I go to church with. So. Um, when, uh, yeah, well, it's yeah, it's about a hundred dollars, but hundred and fifty when Amazon is gouging you. Well, well, I uh, guess Amazon has it for what one eighteen, but eBay had it yeah, fifty. It fluctuates, but normally if you wait until like a normal time, it's you can get it for about a hundred, hundred and seven. Oh my goodness, that's a big but box. The funny thing is, Isaac, he has a. Uh, okay, so since you're on now, so Isaac Childers, the designer. Uh, he he drives um, oh, one of the, those uh, smart cars. <laughs> and so he, he'll pull this giant box out of his car. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's funny. But I was, I was saying how uh, the designer uh, lives in my town. And he's, uh, when, uh, when Andrews mentioned that it's number one. Uh, so for the hobby, the hobby is really centered on the internet. There's a website called Board Game Geek, and that's where the majority of enthusiasts go to talk, to do reviews, oh, yeah, and then that. the other big space is YouTube. And there's lots of different channels. Um, probably the most famous one, and one I would recommend for people trying to kind of get into the hobby would be the Dice Tower, just because it has, uh, it's ran by a guy named Tom Bassel, and he's been doing this for years, but he, his whole family games 
He's been teaching his kids games for a long time. It's the largest board gaming YouTube channel. But he does a lot of top 10 lists uh, to try and help people figure out what they like and different expose people to different types. But on Board Game Geek, you can rank games and, you know, review them. But it's always a big thing whenever something goes number one in, in Gloomhaven is that, that number one game kind of amongst the hobby gamers. So huge. It's, so it's, the it's, Dice Tower was the podcast you mentioned? Yeah, the Dice Tower. Okay. They, they do a podcast, but mainly their stuff, I think, is YouTube. Yeah, I would go to, I would go to YouTube. YouTube. Okay. Yeah. They even I have better. yet to find, I, I mean, Elliot might be able to point me in the direction here. I have yet to find a board game podcast that I've hooked into and, and enjoyed listening to. These are probably my two, like, the Andros pillars are Nintendo and board games. <laughs> the, 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 I'm right there with you. There's, there's lots of good uh, podcasts. And it really, I guess it kind of just, it gets down to what kind of personality you like. Maybe finding someone that has similar taste in board games, which you know takes a kind of a while for you to figure out yourself what you like. Um, some I like are the Dice Tower or the Secret Cabal. Um, uh, who else? I really don't. I haven't listened to as many board game podcasts lately, just because I kind of not fell away from the hobby, but it's just become less of a focus. And Nintendo and uh, video games have kind of become more front and center. I do think that uh, this year plays a lot into that, for us anyways. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, not as many social gatherings, and so we haven't had people over, and um, we, and that that's kind of put the hobby on pause for us. I, I mean, it's been, it's been a good chunk of time since we've had like a board gaming session. Uh, we, we played a game or two here and there, but not like we used to. In college, uh, my wife and I played a whole bunch, and we had other couples we were friends with that had kids about our kids' age. And we, it, I mean, it was it was almost a daily thing. Yeah. Yeah, COVID's kind of put a halt on that. And I hope it doesn't completely kill the hobby. Right, right. I hope it doesn't either. I was just thinking other... while you guys were talking about this, too, is like, how in the world can you make this a virtual thing? <laughs> you know, yes. Yes. whoever does that, whoever can like truly make this like a virtual, because the, the route that's been taken so far has been to put your board game into a video game format. I mean, you're essentially yeah. playing the, the video game. You're essentially playing the board game in a yeah. digital space. But it does not. It it's never going to capture the, the same. same. The, the social aspect of it, right? You know, that you that you, we all enjoy. That's why we play the board games or we play card games. Like we get there's a couple we play. My wife and I play euchre with a lot. If you're familiar with that game at all, so it's just a card game. So it's just a good way to chat with people and play. And then or the cards against humanity thing. You're playing with a group of people's you know, uh, in the same room and having a good time. So it's just something that social connection wise you get, it's harder to get in a video game. You get close to it with chat rooms or, you know, video t or, um, you know, yeah. Discord doing it this way. Um, you that... know, who has gotten very close for, for me anyway, has been Jackbox. Games. Yes. Yes. 
but there's that lag that is very irritating when you're trying to play. Yeah, if you're playing, trying to play that remote, you you know you need to make sure like Twitch and YouTube is on the least latency mode. You have to make sure you have extended timers, and it's even then sometimes it gets to the point of possibly being unfair. Yeah, but when you're streaming it, definitely. But they present themselves as, I mean, all of their advertising is like, look at these board games you can play virtual. Like, like they, yeah. they, in the pictures, look like a stack of board games. And it does very much feel like that okay. um, when you play, even in person, with the Jackbox games. Yes. It's like, that's that's the closest I've gotten to, like, a real virtual board gaming feeling. Yes. But, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Tim. That needs to happen. <laughs> Have you tried Tabletopia? I've never heard of it. I was I was just gonna ask about that. I've 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 never tried it, but I've heard about it. I've tried it some. So there's a number of websites. Tabletopia, I would say, as far as websites go, is, has done the best job. And it, they basically convert your game into a into 3D models. So people will go on there, submit their game. So the the developers created basically using a physics engine, a table, components, uh, so that you use a mouse and you basically click around and control pieces like you would on your table in front of you. And then you can play with other people. And similar to, so, so similar to like tabletop simulator. Yeah. It's, it's very similar to tabletop simulator, but I would say it's probably, I've not played tabletop simulator, but I've heard tabletopia as a general rule is a little bit more refined, I guess. And I know they've tried to take that into the VR field. Oh, there you um, go. <laughs> but, but VR is still, it's, and it's not accessible enough to yeah. the majority of people. Yeah. So until that happens, ten years out, we're like ten yeah. years out from being able to play board games. Yeah. And it's hard through like a webcam. I tried to uh, play a simple, uh, kind of like a magic game. It's called uh, Keyforge. I tried to play that with my cousin during COVID, and even it was just a pain to actually mm -hmm. play a physical, physical game. And most don't aren't conducive to playing, you know, over the internet, unless it maybe it's in that form of like tabletopia where all of the pieces are present and you're accessing them at the same time. And so one cool feature they do allow in that is the, the table flip. <laughs> so if you get mad, you table flip, then the game will reset it. However it was right before that. <laughs> like, just like we play in real life. There you go. Yeah. I think it would be very cool if uh, we could somehow get like AR integration. So you have mm -hmm. your physical board and someone else has the same game, physical board. You know, like we all buy our copy of Animal Crossing and you can play Animal Crossing together. Everybody buys mm -hmm. their um, Keyforge and then you have your phone and you can like, your, you move your piece there and it's real time where they're moving their piece on their board. And so yeah. Something that would be awesome. Cool. The tech yep. is getting close. I like mm -hmm. I said. I say maybe like ten years from now. I think this it will is. this will be a solved problem. Hopefully. But there's also yeah. if we think about it too. Well, you guys tell me this because you guys uh, who have your um, physical version of the game there, it's tangible, right? It's there. You have it. A lot of us growing up have that. Um, was it adversity to digital environment because we want to have that game to hold on to the physical so is it the same with the board games you like having the box in the in the 
and the way it's organized and the way it's put together and uh do you like having that collection behind you to look at and if we start moving towards the digital side is it gonna be harder moving to that because you don't have the physical there or is it more of where you want to have best of both worlds you want the one you can play at home on the table but the game should give you a code to be able to play it in the virtual environment as well it's a good idea for i would say for most people nothing beats having the, oh, the physical thing there um you can go on the the apple store you can go on the android on play on android play um and you can find hundreds of board games like a lot of the ones we've talked about already tonight and many more and there's an a there's a digital adaptation and although it is kind of it is fun to play them and be able to access them you know basically while you're in the bathroom that's what it's good for <laughs> it's not conducive to play with other people and it doesn't feel the same at all there's nothing especially if you're playing it only on like a six inch phone yeah, yeah. you want at least an ipad yeah. or you know airplay it to a tv yeah it nothing replaces having the physical thing in front of you uh, that's what yeah. I've seen. I, I've bought all of these games digitally, but when it comes down to it, no, I would much rather just pull the actual thing out uh, and play it, even if it's just a game I'm playing by myself. Right. Okay. So, yeah, my wife, my wife likes board games just because you know she's not opposed to video games. She just doesn't play. She she doesn't come downstairs with me and play on the Switch or PlayStation at all. And you know she has her PC games. She has a few. Phone. And she's, I know, and she, there, there has been some other games we've played that kind of are a board game that uses a digital hybrid take, kind of similar to that other game I talked about earlier. So, you know, she's not opposed to those, but she just still, it's easier for her to just play a board game, you know, physically at a table with other people. And that's just, that, that's the way she prefers to play. Well, I think it really is that social piece too, right? I mean, yeah. even I mean, being with other people doing it, it's it's like the difference between which would you rather do play Mario Kart with other people in the room, you know, who, whether it be your buddies or your family or whoever, or play online, you know, like with people you don't necessarily always know, or even if you do know them, it's not the same as having them in the in the room and you're trash talking each other and you're you know <laughs> drinking together and you're whatever you know right. like i mean i that we miss those kinds of things now especially in this year right like yeah it's one of those things like now that we don't have that it's even more obvious and you know and that's one thing nintendo has always done well right is figuring out how to make those games you want you'd rather do them with people in the room with you Okay. Yeah, a little side tangent, but related to that in that about, you know, people need social interaction. You know, my, my wife usually goes on camping events once a month, once every other month. And of course, that's been that hasn't been a thing this year due to the, due to the pandemic. So and she's they've had some virtual meetings with her group with the group that she does that with. It's just, you know, not the same. And so she's put a lot of more time into working than you know she has in the past. And she, I mentioned weeks off from work. She has next two weeks off from work as well. And I don't think she's ever taken two weeks off of work in her life, period, much less with nowhere to go. 
She's, we've taken week-long staycations before. We've taken week-long vacations before, but never a two-week-long we're at home doing nothing. So I'm kind of worried about how things are going to be, end up at the end of the two weeks. Sounds like you need to get some Dominion. That's right. Well, uh, that I, I literally ordered it while we were talking. Be, uh, there we go. Both, it'll Sold. be supposed to be delivered on Wednesday, so that will be a, a gift. A I, Christmas I have to... I have to share something my wife and I are looking forward to. Um, and this was one of our favorite games to play together as a couple was I, I've been, I've been teased about it over at the board game channel. Every time I talk about it, pandemic legacy, because you know, um, why would you get teased year, about that? Great year to bring up a game. Oh, okay. Pandemic, yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody goes, Oh, we're already doing the real life version of that. So yeah. we don't need to play the game. I remember Nick's response to that well, he's been playing the 2020 um, version. <laughs> yeah. Nick's great. Nick's great. Um, the, Legacy games are so fun. I discovered them semi-recently. I, I guess last year was really when I started to get into legacy games. No, I, I apologize. The year before that, um, I actually started on a game called Mechs vs. Minions. So, before you get too far into that, when you mean legacy game, do you mean a game that evolves over time so it's not the same game twice? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Gonna, just, gonna... just making sure I'm on the right track. Yeah. I I, I, I've heard of those games. I've just never played one. They're 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 almost story driven games. Um, oh no no! So, I, I, more, a narrative board game experience. Yeah. It's typical. It's typically tied with I'm, legacy. I'm, I'm it changes each no, each playthrough. So, and there's like some Do some bit that moves between sessions, and that's yeah. It's it's so fun because I I'm a big video gamer obviously, um, and oh, it really feels okay, like the life. merge of like the video game adventure with the board game mechanics, and Pandemic Legacy by far has done that the best out of any game I've played. Um, I, 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 I played season I one for the most part, and then season two my wife and I got and played through cooperatively. And so for Christmas this year, we're getting the third one, which is a prequel, season zero. Um, and I was so excited. I was like, I got, I got this sweet present for my wife. And um, the package shows up and she knew instantly what it was because she had been researching to get me the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Down right, yes. to the same, buy, buying it from the same store. And she's like, she's like, I didn't know what I was going to tell you, but... <laughs> But yeah, I knew what it was as soon as I saw the box. Dang. But we're still really excited. Well, it, it would have been even even more humorous if you did get each other the same gift. Yeah. Like a, a modern day get the what's that Christmas story called where they get the, uh, gifts to the magi or whatever. Yeah, they they sell their watch to get the chain. Uh yes. So yeah, I, if I, I'm butchering the story for the pandemic, <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about. For the pandemic legacy, do you have to start at season one, or can you start no. at any season? All games, all games are standalone in the story, but they do tie together uh, overall. But they take place like uh, I think season one is like supposed to be modern twenty twenty. I'm just kidding; it's not twenty twenty, <laughs> but it's supposed to be modern. Um, season two is future. It's like a hundred. 200 years after season one and then season zero apparently takes place during the cold war so it's going to be taking place prior to guys, all, 
all that those. Is hell. So, so when I grew up, elements that tie together. Okay. I would say all of them are designed so that you do not have to have played the other ones to. Okay. Get I'm looking at it right now, and I notice there's also for season two. I, I again, I'm looking at Amazon. I'm sure if I go to the hobby store, I'll see these things too. But uh, on Amazon, I see there's a yellow edition and a black edition. The only for season two, is the box color. Okay. In case you want to be running two campaigns at once. Okay. So if, if you've got, I want to play a game with my spouse, and I want to play a game with my brothers, or something like that. Because I, they're meant to be played by the same party, consistently, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't have to. Um, season one, I played by jumping in and out of months on someone else's campaign. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was it was really interesting to see how the stories tied together. So playing both of them, there was like this little like hidden rewarding bonus, like oh oh that's from that's from this game and that's from that, but not at all important to like the core story and your characters. I I have never I've never like almost cried in a board game like I did with Pandemic <laughs> Legacy Season Two. Oh wow! Okay. I I had built up a you build up a character. Um, you, you have a character and as you go as you play through you gain abilities that you can use through the game and I died at the very end <laughs> All right. without winning I died and I was like <laughs> I was just devastated because wow. in, in a legacy game when you die you're dead like this is permadeath and so you have to take your card and rip it in half With, wow I was rewind dead. function <laughs> I, I yeah I I was just I just sat there my my wife was like are you gonna be okay <laughs> I'm like I'm like I was just like this is too real <laughs> wow so does the legacy game require a DM like person to run the game as well or is it you just open it up and everybody participates and just follows along with the story or something it depends on the game but most of the all the ones I've played that have been labeled legacy games the the instructions and the rule book themselves kind of okay. lead you. So okay. There's not a DM. There's just one person who kind of reads it out for everybody or something or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it'll, it has like a deck of cards. So like, it'll oh, say, okay, keep flipping over cards until you hit a stop and it, and it will have a big sign that says stop. Okay. Got and it. Don't, don't flip this over until you end this round. Okay. Stuff, stuff like that. Got it. Um, so I'm I'm curious. I'm curious whether or not. So I I know that there are others out there. Have you played any non uh, ones tied to uh, to you know to uh, pandemic kind of thing? Because that's yeah. I mean even even outside yeah. of this year, that's that's been the that's been the thing is that that theme doesn't really grab me and so that's why i've never gotten into well, any of those but i've always liked the the idea well, of of how the games are run but i just would love a different theme but i've so, never really looked digger in, dug into it yeah i i can recommend a couple of uh, mechs versus minions which was the first one i tried out that's actually a league of legends board game. Yeah, no, he's got a uh, would you say that was next versus minions Mechs. Mechs versus Mechs minions. Versus minions. And yeah, it's a very silly game, but also very fun and strategic, <laughs> where you play as like a 
mechanized robots. Okay. Got that one. The second largest. <laughs> this is. It's huge. Yeah, it's a big like, one. Oh wow! It okay. Comes, it comes with so many minions because you're just killing minions like. Yeah. Just like it's <laughs> it's a it's a warriors game. <laughs> I don't even see that on Amazon, but that, you know, like I said, I'm sure that, my that game store is, has it. That one's a limited run. Um, oh, okay. I think they've done multiple waves of it. Next versus minions. Um, actually, Pandemic Legacy Season Two is not really pandemic focused. It's like a, it's like a post-apocalyptic game. Okay. With using mechanics from the pandemic games. So it's got the pandemic name, it, and it, it, it does revolve around a sickness of sorts, but it's more a survival, like sur apocalyptic survival. Okay. Um, Gloomhaven has legacy elements to it. I am playing through, oh my gosh, I, Shannon, I should have put this one first. Uh, Aeon's End Legacy. It is cooperative Dominion legacy board game. Wow, that sounds familiar, but I don't know that I've ever... I know I haven't played it. It's 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 very very similar to Dominion in its mechanics and play style, and the Legacy version starts up because Aeon's End. From what I, I haven't played a regular Aeon's End game, but from what I've heard, it's it's pretty complex off the bat. But the Legacy version starts it very very simple, and you build. And that's one thing I like about Legacy games too. I mean, in most video games where you start out, they don't give you every single power up. You just get you get them slowly over time. And by the end, you're doing all these like complex moves and stuff because you've gotten them one at a time and can learn how they go. Can you um, put that one in the in the Discord under board game chat so yeah, I remember yeah, later on? Right now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I'm like I'm trying to open up my OneNote so I can take <laughs> notes here. Like, put these names down. Yeah, because that that sounds amazing. See, that's that's yeah. That would be right up your alley if you're a big Dominion fan. We played it and we're like, this is Dominion, but it's co-op and it's a legacy game. It's so fun. We, yeah, we're enjoying that one. I've only heard awesome. good things about that one. The uh, uh, so the pan the pandemic legacy was created by Rob Davio, right? You have the box in front of you. I'm not sure, but uh, so the back there somewhere <laughs> the original legacy game that started it all for board games was Risk Legacy. Yeah, and that was yes. so that's the first one he made, and then Pandemic Legacy came after that, and so it was he kind of took what he learned from that and made the pandemics but risk legacy is is a good one i have that one i've not played it i have the people that i know i would play it with but getting us together is <laughs> has not happened but um i have another one and this would be for kids um it's called zombie kids <laughs> um, all right cool named, named yellow um they're a french company i've ha i've actually worked uh with them at uh, conventions before and it's really fun, especially, I would say, for kids between, like, 5 and 10. Um, and it, so it starts off really simple. But what you do is you have different achievements that you can get. And as you do that, you add these stickers to this progression chart. And when you do that, you once you get to certain points, you will unlock envelopes. And so you open up this envelope, and it will have some new com game components maybe new, some new mechanics, some new bad guys, and it'll develop the game over time. Um, and so I think it has like 12 or so envelopes in it. And that's kind of the thing with legacy games. Uh, so they're oftentimes narrative driven, but yes. then they also can sometimes get more complicated 
or they will have you destroy, like make permanent changes, like right on your board, or rip a card in half, or um, and and so they're, they're cool in that way that so many other games are not like like that. But this this is a really good one. I play with my five year old and she loves it, and I know of a lot of other kids that have played it and really enjoy it. So for those those younger gamers, it's a good one. That's really simple at the beginning, and, and it's still simple later, but it it progresses, and it's neat to see see it unfold. Okay. So we uh, we about a year ago, I picked up a a game I thought I might be able to kind of use with my kids. That's that's gears younger than that, but it, it's almost like it's 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 almost more like a Dungeons and Dragons ish type thing, but it's called No Thank You Evil. And it's and so I got that, and it, it runs through some scenarios, and the kids can get, you know, create their own characters, and and you know they get certain powers and stuff like that, and you can as you go along. The problem I had was, um, as soon as we ran through the adventures in the book, um, it's all up to me to design <laughs> to design adventures for them, and mm. I, I just just don't have the time, and so we kind of you know, petered out on it. And uh, that's, which is kind of too bad because they were really having a good time. But that's why, so that sounds amazing because it's got all those built in. Um, like the entire story is built in. The zombie you kids? You do it over time. Yeah, so okay. that sounds really cool too. I'm not familiar with that one. Nice. I haven't, I haven't heard of the No Thank You Evil. Mm-mm, me neither. Yeah, it's um. I mean, it's supposed to be. You know, it's supposed to be some. It's it's really a, use your imagination, and the kids are developing the story. So really, but like, so I would have a base. You have a basic framework. They have to go on a quest for, you know, such and such a thing, and you're basically in a storybook type realm, and you know, so you have to go on, you know, some quest to you know save some creature or whatever you know or somebody's pet or uh, you know <laughs> but but they you know and then my daughter has like a flying unicorn that she can call for help and so they really kind of develop it themselves but then you know like dungeons and dragons you know you give them okay you guys you're you're in a you're in a palace and there's you know a room to your left and to your right you know and they decide where they want to go and they decide if they have to battle another creature how you know how they're going to attack it and stuff like that. And then, um, you know, so it's, it's kind of like a, a more of a role playing game, but it's designed so that kids like as young as three, like there's, there's three different, you know, complexities within it. So you're playing the same story and one, you know, you could be playing with a three-year-old or a five-year-old or whatever, or playing with the, the easiest rules and, and then um, the easiest, character sheets right and then they could be playing with a sibling who is um you know 10 years old and is playing with the more complex character sheets that have more traits and stuff and they're playing the same story um and so it is kind of cool and but the problem is that uh you do need still like a, a dungeon master for for lack of a better word to develop you know the broad story and okay. um i just i just don't have time <laughs> got it that um reminds me of a very obscure game yeah. that i played as uh 
a youth, and that is Pokemon yeah, Junior no, I, Adventure I, Game. No, I, I just heard about it. Has anybody in here heard of that? No. No. A Wizards of the Coast limited run. It is D and D. It is it is D and D. Wow. But it's Pokemon. Um, for and it's designed <laughs> for kids. Designed for little kids. You, your scenario. It it gives you your starting scenarios. Professor Oak gives you a Pokemon, and you go out and battle, rolling dice and stuff. And it's it's just so obscure and weird. I have no idea where we got it. I don't know why. I, I mean, I was I was a Pokemon kid. <laughs> yeah. Into the craze, so um, maybe that's why my parents bought it for me. But it was just it's such a weird game that never got anything else like it. And it was I think it was designed to try and get kids into this type of gaming that's so, cool yeah that's just what that reminded me of a, a very oh, kid-friendly tabletop uh game right nice <laughs> that is very cool and it does i i don't mean to try and transition the conversation here but um some it, it does bring something i, I want to ask your guys opinions on um why do you think nintendo hasn't jumped in on the board gaming market in like a big way i i they used to I, i've wondered that like there's not a uh because because there's some really popular franchises that have been made into some pretty good board games um xcom is one i can think of there was a portal game there's a dark souls board game i even played the a mega man game yeah i even played a warcraft uh, board tabletop game from like the original like Warcraft. I think it was uh, Warcraft Three, the board game. I'm and trying to get out. I have yet to really like find one that has delved beyond um, being for designed for children. You know? Right. That makes so sense. Do you like I, I'm. I'm. I guess I'm. I'm asking. Like, do you guys think that would be a cool idea? I. I would yeah. really see one's something. For, one's good for one. for short range, and the other one good for long. Right. Range. I think like a. I think like a, a role playing like, you know, game set in like, Hyrule or something like that. You know, would be, would be so much fun. You know. Right. Um, you know, because really about the. I mean, um, because I was gonna bring this up too a little bit. Um one of my one of my things that I've been dying to find for my collection um, are decent copies of um, board game there was a Legend of Zelda board game um, there was a Super Mario Brothers board game there was a Donkey Kong board game and I had the I had the Donkey Kong the Donkey Kong had a plastic Donkey Kong and you'd put a little plastic barrel in his arm and you'd flip it and it would roll down the board and stuff. I, I know I played it. I have no idea where I played it. Um, <laughs> I have, I have come close to buying. If you look on eBay, you find people doing all the time. The problem is, is that everybody's got broken, broken donkey Kongs, right? You know, like yeah. it's, it's hard to find that. Um, I remember yeah. playing legend of Zelda. I have no idea where I did it, but I have a very vivid memory because it was, there were tiles on the board and you'd go through the dungeon. And I mean, cause it was, this was like during the heyday of the NES. Right. And so 
Um, I mean, you, the tiles, and if it was an enemy, you'd have to battle it, or you know, I I mean, these are these are three games that I I want in my collection. That's the kind of stuff I love collecting. You know, old the old Nintendo books, and and then these board games that I've been trying to find decent copy like i i don't need it uh in perfect condition but just finding one that doesn't that has all its pieces is right very difficult you know but since that time you're right there really has that i mean all of all the board games you see for nintendo are versions of monopoly or mm-hmm. um right. jenga um and stuff <laughs> like that but but yeah it just seems like that would be especially given nintendo's historic company roots right like you know get jumping back into that physical board game kind of stuff would they could do some amazing things with their properties yeah, well it's not think... nintendo related but i remember having a pac-man board game yes, where yeah the board the board was a maze and they had little dot little indents in them where you put these little marbles and then your each of the four of the four players had this pac-man shaped thing that had a swivel on it and and, and the underneath had a hole so you go when it's your turn you move to the board and you go boop, 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 the, and the one <laughs> did it make that noise too? Had, it did not it, it did if if you did the noise yes there you go but but of course you know when you publish this they're not they needed you can't they can't see it so i needed to have an audio cue in there. Yes, I, I <laughs> know. But anyway, I know. So, so, yeah, I've been doing audio shows for too long, I guess. <laughs> but if that was my instinct. Um, but, you know, then the person with the, when the board was cleared, the person with the most dots won. But I don't, I, I remember owning it and I remember playing it, but I don't, don't have no idea what happened to it. Yeah, that's another one that I've seen floating on eBay that I'm like, oh man, that would be fun. Because um, so, that was never, I remember seeing it, but I'd never had played that one. Yeah. So, and I remember that Donkey Kong breaking a lot, but the problem, and it's easily fixed if you can find the right size rubber band, but the problem is it needs to be exactly the right size. And yeah. it's hard to, there's no, and you, no way to tell what it's supposed to be until you have to buy a bag of miscellaneous length <laughs> rubber bands and just test them until you find one that works. So in regards to the Nintendo uh, making games again, I think it would be a great idea for Nintendo to get back into that, but in the same way they've been allowing indie developers to work with their properties to allow some of these not so popular video game, uh, excuse me, board game makers to make some of their games, uh, their properties, board games. So, although because I'm not that familiar with it, you guys are going to have to be the ones to tell me which like a board game would be good for some of their properties. Elliot's Elliot has all <laughs> kinds of comments on this. Yeah. Uh, I wish this would happen, but I don't. I don't think it will. Uh, the reason is, so like a, a successful board game in the board game hobby. We're not talking stuff on typically Walmart shelves. You're gonna sell like five thousand copies. There's not a lot of money made typically in board games unless you get an evergreen title an evergreen title is something that ends up selling 50 100 200,000 copies so, so some evergreen titles we've mentioned are um carcassonne Catan, um dominion definitely 
so those sell a bunch of copies, but your typical board game does not. And so Nintendo would really have to partner with a bigger company that could really be trusted with the IP. And I would be really surprised if they would jump in. There's a couple companies maybe they would do it with. Um, I mean, Legend, Legend of Zelda, they could do all kinds of stuff with that. That would be, that's exactly what I would want is something. Um, yes. I think the closest thing we're seeing right now is their partnership with Lego uh, and creating these Mario Lego sets. And so, so they're taking their IP and giving it to Lego, someone that, you know, they've been trusting with, yeah. that, that they can trust with that. But in the end, if, if they were to make, say, a Zelda hobby game, it would do well, but it's not going to make, yep, that, <laughs> that yes. is the closest game that you're going to get to, yes. to the original Zelda in a board game. Zelda, man. <laughs> it, Epic has, quest. it has, like, so much... It's it's like such a love letter to Zelda. Like the little pieces are little fairies, little heart containers, little triforces. Oh, nice. Is that the Kickstarter version with the meeples that you put the weapons on? Um, it's not the Kickstarter version, but it does have the item meeples. The item meeples, okay. Holes okay. And you put, yeah, okay. I I've, I've just got to pull this out. You have to show it. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a little. That's all. I have it all put together. So it's 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 got a little weapons rack. Okay. <laughs> and they are just straight up Zelda items. You got the bomb, mm -hmm. the shovel, the little flute, boomerang. boomerang. I think one of them's just straight up a rupee. Yeah. It's called something else, obviously. Is, but it's it's like so Zelda inspired because Is yeah, the Epic like, Quest game uh part of a line of epic games? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, they're the best I, ones are are the the tiny um the I one was gonna say because I see tiny, tiny on it, tiny epic tiny western. Yeah, I, I just epic looked. Tactics. I just looked it up and look at that dude in the lower left corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's like Link if he's fifty-five years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they all they all look like Hylians. I, I mean, there's it's. Yeah, I, I I bought. I was like, I, I have to buy this. It's mm -hmm. Zelda. It's yeah. a Zelda game. I've got to buy mm -hmm. it. See, that's one of those games where I had to buy it, and I've never gotten to play it because I can't find anybody willing to play it. And that's... It's kind of long. I, you think a box it is. this and that's, big that's means like, well, this is gonna be a fifteen yeah. twenty minute game. That is wrong. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but if if Nintendo could work with them to make an officially licensed version that is Zelda. I guarantee there will be people who will buy it, who may never play it, but will buy it because it is Legend right. of Zelda. Mm -hmm. And that they, they would do just fine with that. And what they need to do... So so what's kind of made board games boom in the last decade is Kickstarter. Um, Kickstarter basically is funded by board games, for those that don't know. Like, they, <laughs> per dollar, the majority of projects funded... And the most money funded by far are for board games. Um, and so if you could get a company to, to put a board game on, on there that could be trusted with the IP to do a good job, it would make a ton of money. And that's yeah. the way, I think that's the only way they could really do it um, because that's be an easy way for them to advertise and get people interested Um so it would be so cool. <laughs> but I, <laughs> that would be so. There's awesome. a lot of Disney properties that could 
be converted into board games. Um, I mean, we already see so many uh, video game properties. So like Doom, Gears of War, all of these have been converted into board games um, that are pretty well liked and well reviewed. Uh, so it, it wouldn't be, so... I think Nintendo would just have to be willing to trust someone. Think, going back to your ones that you said they've made for Doom, and uh, I'm sure there's a Halo one out there too, probably, right? <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. There's a Halo War or a Halo Risk. I think that's the closest uh, thing. Next versus, versus Mechs was League of Legends as well. Yeah, yeah. Do you think they could make one for Metroid? Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> um, the Mansions of Madness system, like where you use an app, that would probably be the best oh. experience because. How that works is Elliot, you, you only start with Nintendo. Yes. Can you hire this? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You start with with matches of madness. You start with like one tile on the on the, the table, and then on the app you tell it, okay, I've, I'm going through this door, and it says, okay, go find this tile and place it there. You don't know what you're coming into, um, and you know you've got characters with different abilities and different items. I mean, it, it's freaking Metroid scanning, like Prime. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, so. that's, it, all right. Wow, dude, wow. I, I got like I I seriously have goosebumps. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That'd be cool. Now, now thanks nice. for making me want something so bad that I am never ever going to get. <laughs> we need you to start working on that. Now. I know. We need to work so, on that. There we go. Side project for the Nintendo Dads community, right? <laughs> Game design is hard. <laughs> yeah, it is. I can only imagine my funny story on that. I won't get into a long one. It's just quick and easy. My dad wanted to make a board game and he had a ton of graph paper that he drew out plans for. And I wish, I wish I knew where that went to. He passed away a while ago, but uh, I wish I knew where all those notes were and stuff like that. But yeah, he was, he was feverishly working on his own board game because he actually Mm -hmm. really liked the Trump game. And he said, I'm going to make my own board game. And he actually, you know, like I said, he had a, you know, a manila folder with a bunch of different notes. And (laughs) I wish I knew where that went, but yeah, it's crazy. And, And even back in that time, it seems like even though it's crazy to do one now, it seems like it's easier to do one now than it has had been in the past because of kickstarter uh you just have to have the right resources too to be able to you know pull that stuff together yeah like yeah, you really have testing. to get involved you gotta play test play like test, the play yes. testing involved you know is just <clears throat> i gotta imagine to make things especially if you're looking at more of a hobby type game right i mean it, it, you don't need as much play testing when you're making a candy land <laughs> you know, get from here to there kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, but when you but when you have systems in place and everything and and you know it, the the more complicated game you get, the more playtesting. I just I can't even imagine. Yep. Playtesting and and just like any industry, you need to know people and be involved in that industry. And the the board game community is rather small. Um, a lot of it focuses around conventions. So like in Indiana, we have the largest North American um, convention called Gen Con every year, aside from this year, <laughs> of course. Right. Um, and so that's, that is the second largest, maybe the largest in the world convention. And it brings oh, wow. 
70, 80,000 people. Uh, it's the largest uh, event in Indianapolis, Indiana, every year. And it takes up the convention center, all the hotels and everything. But, you know, there's a subsection of people there. All they're there for is, is game design. So they get together. They're playtesting, working together. Um, and, and so a lot of people know each other from going to these conventions. So another one would be in Columbus, Ohio, called Origins. Um, and that one is really for playing games and just hanging out. And, and so that's where the community really gets to know each other through through online and through these conventions. Yeah, you mentioned the board game conventions, and it reminded me of a podcast that I listen to occasionally. And you know, he was actually a guest on our show once or twice. But the guy, uh, Engaged Family Gaming, you know, his, his podcast kind of all... You know, on a normal cycle, news cycle, we'll alternate between a video game about news and board game news. So he gets gonna gets both ends of that of the of the gaming spectrum. So for anyone who's interested in learning more information about board gaming, you know, he's a good resource. What was the name of the cat? Engaged Family Gaming. Cool. I'll check that one. Sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, he. I honestly don't remember what his name is because it's been a while since i've listened to him but i still subscribe to the podcast and uh but yeah he, he's been a guest on our show a few times yes hmm. oh another good um resource is a uh youtube channel called watch it played um it's mm. by a guy named rodney smith and he's actually from up in canada um and he just does an excellent job this it's his full-time job now where he basically instead of reviewing a game he explains the rules and it's just very very well done and so i think especially when you're just getting into it into the hobby and you're having to read those rules yourself and try and figure things out it's a great resource to just help you or you can even if it's a a smaller video you could just play the video for everybody to watch right before you play okay I, I subscribe subscribed. Okay. <laughs> that definitely comes in handy, especially for yeah. uh, kids nowadays, you know, who are into YouTube and Twitch and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. He's great. Yeah. Well guys, what I want to do real quick is actually end the recording for the dinner table because it's actually got up to two hours. So what I'd like to do to do that doesn't mean we don't have to you guys have to go. It just means I'm going to end the recording and the way I usually do that is with the toast. So I hope you guys have something to drink nearby so that we can, I can properly test off the, the recording, toast off the recording. <laughs> and I know you guys can't see me, but I have my uh, spiced eggnog with me that I've been sipping on through the evening. Um, but we go into what Chris has said when he's been on our cocktail hour, which I really like. So we'll go into our cocktail hour <laughs> afterwards. But for now, grab your drinks. And for everybody listening, thanks for stopping by and listening to the show. I hope you got some good information about board games. We'll probably continue our conversation afterwards. But for now, may your gaming time be plentiful and fun, your backlog short, and you and your families are blessed. And good night, everybody. Cheers. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>